I love the Gospel of John, and here's why. John was the last one to construct his Gospel. He, his Gospel were written in somewhere between 90 and 110, year 90, year 110, in that range. The other three synoptic Gospels were written in between 30, 40, 50, and 60 years, 30, 40, and 50, and 60. And they were gathered together, and so the church evolved, and the church started to begin to know more and more and more about who this Christ was, who this Jesus was, and they were filling in the blanks about Jesus, and we call this Christology, the knowledge of who Christ was or is. What I love about John is you can tell by his writings, they're they're very different than the other three Gospels, in that they seem to answer questions that obviously the community was bringing to him, saying, I know Matthew, Mark, and Luke wrote this, but what about that? This seems to be unstated. It seems to be unclear. What was Jesus intending, or who was Jesus when he said this? And so John, because of his youth, he was the youngest of all the apostles, that's why he lived so long to write so late, was able to take advantage of all these questions and author his gospel in a manner to give us a very, very clear and clean look of what Jesus Christ is, who he is. So I love his gospel because of the perspective it adds to all of us who want to greater know this man, this God, both man and God equally at the same time. Very confusing. What I love about what the church has chosen for us today is that we are seeing the very first event of Jesus, or as John calls it, the very first sign of Jesus' miraculous ministry beginning. We all know this. This is an incredibly common um, gospel. We hear it every year, probably two, possibly three times, the wedding at Cana. We're in the second week of ordinary time. That's why Father and I are back in green. And I think it's beautiful that the church takes this beginning of ordinary time, the beginning of the liturgical year, to remind us very, very clearly of just who Jesus Christ is. You know, if you look at the Old Testament, and if you read a lot of it, you, like we did today from the passage from Isaiah, it's amazing how often you will hear God the Father through his prophets, refer to the Jews as the bride of God the Father. And then as he, as it said in today's reading from Isaiah, he said, you will no longer be called forgotten, despised. You will be called espoused. You will be my delight. You will be my bride. So God the Father is making it very clear that the followers of, of, of Yahweh, God the Father, are intended to be his bride. We really see this manifest greatly when we come into the New Testament, in the New Covenant, with Jesus Christ, because he refers to us as his bride all of the time. As again, in today's um, reading, that's why we have the very, very first miracle of Christ being a wedding. 
For God's intention, my brothers and sisters, is for you and I to be so that you and I might be in covenant with him into eternity. So let's look at this wedding at Cana. You all know the story. There's going to be a big wedding. It's a massive feast. And in the Jewish culture, these people were, were working hard. They were oppressed by the Romans. They were really held down. The, uh, the life was certainly not easy at that time of mankind. It was difficult. And so when an opportunity to celebrate, to party, as we would put it today, to celebrate, to be in joy with all of our friends and family would come, that was taken very seriously. In fact, a wedding was the highlight of the entire year. And for some people, it was the highlight of their very lives. So these parties, these weddings, would literally take 7, 8, 10, 14 days. Wow, that's a party, okay? And what Mary points out here, right out of the box, is, uh uh-oh, they're running out of wine. In fact, I think they're out. Now, all of the commentaries... of of Roman Catholic scripture say that the wine is a metaphor for the Spirit of God. So essentially the people, the Jews, who are longing for the Messiah, they don't even know that he's in their presence yet, who are tired and downtrodden and exhausted, are missing the Spirit of God. And in this wedding, the metaphor is that they're at this wedding and they've run out of the Spirit of God. They've run out of wine which brings them joy and unity and excitement and enthusiasm. And it makes the feast and the party go on for days. So Mary sees this problem, and he point, she points out to Jesus as she says, Jesus, they're running out of wine. And he says to her, woman, what is your concern, note your concern, to me? for it's not my time. Now, a lot of times you'll hear people preach about this word woman. I want to touch on it just briefly because it does have context greatly. Why would Jesus Christ refer to his mother as woman? Doesn't that sound a little formal or off-putting? It does to me. A Jew, would, a Jewish boy would have called his mother Imu. He would have called her Imu. Kind of like we would say Nana or to a grandparent or Mom to our mother. It would be a loving and endearing term, not woman. Why was he referring to her as woman? Because Mary was pointing out that the people who are his bride are out of the Spirit of God and desperately need him. And he calls her woman because Mary is the new Eve Mary is the new Eve, the new covenant, the new Ark of the Covenant to carry on this beautiful thing you and I know to be our salvation. So Jesus basically says, or she says to the servants, go do what he tells you, and he orders this wine made. And of course, as you know, the story goes, it's the best wine that the uh, headmaster or the waiter had ever tasted in his life, and he was confused Why would you serve the good wine last and the inferior wine first? Because my ways are not your ways, would say God. I do things differently than you do. So 
what do we draw out of this? Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but some of this Mariology, the knowledge of Mary, sometimes has been difficult for me to grasp over the years until I was in seminary and they clarified a lot of things to me, for me. Have you ever heard Mary referred to as the mediatrix? The mediatrix, which is basically the feminine of the one who advocates or who basically steps up for us. This is a scriptural, if, and, a, and a lot of Christians have a hard time with people saying that she is the mediatrix. Why can't we go directly to Christ? Well, we can. But there's something powerful about Mary getting involved in between. She, in this act, obviously is observing the people. She is caring desperately for the people in this party. And she lovingly cares for them so much that she intervenes and intercedes to Jesus on behalf of this family and this beautiful wedding. So then Jesus acts. Doesn't sound like he really wanted to, does it? But listening to his mother like any good Jewish boy, he responded. And he began his ministry of bringing salvation to the world. What do you and I lead? learn from this? How do we apply this in our lives? Well, this is what strikes me. First of all, Mary plays an enormous role in our lives, whether we recognize it or not. And a lot of times, people can be very, very important in our lives, and we can be blind to it. Today's gospel is pointing out that Mary is very involved in our lives. She is our mother, and she is looking out over the feast She's looking out over the people because we are now the bride of Christ and Christ wants to marry us so she looks out over us for all of our needs and is willing to intercede to her son even when it puts him off a little bit, right? So you and I, I think, need to understand the importance of this beautiful gift of Mary, the mother of God. And understand that certainly we can say, Lord Jesus Christ, I need you, I want you, I praise you, perfectly appropriate. But it's also a beautiful thing when you're laying in bed at night and your heart is unsettled and you can't sleep and you're worried or you're rocking a child or a grandchild back to sleep to grab your rosary and to give your heart's desires to your mother Mary so that she might intercede for you to her her son, Jesus Christ. May God continue to bless you.